You're with SAFM. It is Night Talk. John Kerriki in today. Good evening to you. Let's go to our first guest. We talk a little bit about what is happening at or what he thinks about the DA Congress that happened over the weekend. John Steenhuisen declaring the EFF. Uh, he declared the EFF as the party's political enemy number one, but he really was going on about the coalition. What was the word he used? I, I want to say the coalition. He didn't call it the coalition of evil, did he? Uh, he certainly used strong words between the ANC and the EFF. That was who he was criticizing, an ANC-EFF coalition. Let's talk to William Gumedes, chairperson of Democracy Works Foundation and professor at the Witt School of Governance. William, from the top, what do you think, first of all, of the DA's decision to elect John Steenhuisen as the leader going forward for the next few years? Um, good evening, and good evening to your listeners. I'm always, always very excited to speak to you. Uh, the program. I, I think, I mean, to start off, I, I think this most probably is the biggest uh, talking point. Mm. Um, why Stenhuisen and, and perhaps not Paul Palacci, you know, or um, another, uh, a, let's call it a black leader, given the fact that, I mean, if the DA or, or any other political party right now wants to get into power, wants to defeat the ANC at a national level, it is going to be key that the party leads the black majority, you know, large numbers. Uh, and, and and the question is, does it make sense more to have in this moment, in this time, and I'm not talking about the future, but this moment now and the, uh, and the political temperature where we are, would it have been better to have Paul Palazzi, mm. um, the former Johannesburg mayor, um, as the leader and maybe make, um, you know, John Steenhuisen the chairperson of the DA? Um, you know, the position that Alan Zilla now had, and maybe make Alan Zilla perhaps a patron, you know, create a mm. new position, you know, something like that. Yeah, I, I, there are a couple of issues with that that I want to bring up. All right, first of all, mm-hmm. um, would South Africa, I mean, I was saying in, in my intro a little bit earlier on that the DA were leading up to this by saying that whoever's now in charge of the DA could very well be the president of South Africa after the elections because they're hoping to to uh, get the, if not the majority, at least work with coalition partners and, and get on. Do you think the DA leadership, these electorate, thought that South Africa is ready for a white president? Um, I, you know, let's, let's put it this way. Um, you know, obviously, this, if we are a diverse country, the world's most diverse country, and I think it's now three decades after the end of, of formal apartheid. And I, we have to be open as a country and as ordinary citizens and people to accept the best person, whatever their color and the way they look and the, whatever the, the way they talk. It's not, obviously, it's not obviously South African um, as the leader of a party because our problem has been, and the problem not only our, our country, but many countries after colonialism in Africa and in many developing countries where people look, you know, they vote based on color and ethnic group mm. and land use and, and, and religion. And that really is why countries fail. I mean, you know, that's like at the top of the, you have all other things. You can, if you exclude corruption, just the idea that, you know, people play, uh, vote for someone that they know and the person is incompetent uh, or corrupt. And they say, well, I'll stick to that person. The person looks like me, talks mm-hmm. like me, comes from my beliefs, you know, comes from my party. I keep on voting. So we have to break that cycle. It's critical for South, for South Africa to change from this sort of, I mean, we're going down here really on a kind of, 
uh, plunging downward towards a failed state. And and, one, and only way to prevent it is to begin for ordinary citizens to actually vote based on competence, I and mean, absolutely on competence. So okay. for me, like right. the color is not an issue. Yep. All right, mm-hmm. so I hear you, vote on confidence. Mm-hmm. But here's John, uh, the big criticism, John Steenhazen, is he's sure he's got the experience, he's got matric, and the, the doctor comes in with doctorates, and she's got the experience of running a city. She is more competent than John Steenhazen, isn't she? Um, no, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't. Put, it's not on unco- competence, not based strictly on, on qualifications. You know, that's not necessarily the most important. You know, you're not, you're, um, and so on. So, what is important really is whether you have the experience in the position, um, whether you have, would you have, like as a political leader, you know, would you have, would you be able to reach? Um, the black majority, mm. or at least okay. significant numbers of the black. That that's going to be the key, and also the third thing in terms of is he able to manage the party? And I guess you know voters, the DA voters, voters or members voted for him on the basis that he like one can manage. He has the experience to manage the difficulties of the party, internal stuff, which for example a person like Mpo. Uh, Palachi, you know, this is very good, but he may not have the experience to actually manage a complex political party. And I, I can see that, yeah, because a leader must also have that ability. You know, it's like, you know, running a your CEO of an organization, even if you have an MBA, if you've never run the organization mm. at that political at that level, you know, that's not enough. You know, you need that kind of experience, yeah. But there are often moments you know, whether it's a political organization or any other organization where, you know, the moment demands a break, a change. Because let's say, you know, the company was new consumers or new way of doing or you had political party, new voters that it never reads. Mm. Then you may have to make a compromise and mm. say, well, actually, we may have a competent person in, let's say, John Stinnison who has the experience um, and so on, but he, he may have, have that ability and that experience but he may not have the ability to attract new voters, black voters. So what? So then, then the party have to decide, and I thought the party should have had this discussion in terms of to win next year. What does the right. party need? No, to, to win, I mean, we know the reality is the party needs to get more black voters. That's at the heart of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... <laughs> yeah. would. It, it, it's all very well saying that that the delegates vote that they only had a choice of two, or were they yeah. were there more before that that kind of fell away? You see, the problem also for the DA from a black vote point of view, because that really is, I mean, you, you know, because we can't we can't run away from the black vote that they need to get. You know, like let's say they, they need to get at least enough. You know, they don't have to get all of you know the majority, but just a critical mass. Now the thing is, what has happened the last year or so? There's been a perception created in the public eye uh, that your talent, that the DA's talented black leaders have been pushed mm. out. Yes, you know, like you know, Herman Masaba, Musmamani. Um, and so on, um, and, and more recently, Gwen Gwenya, the former policy guru uh, of the DA. So that is quite critical from a voter, from a black voter point of view. Now, unfortunately, up to now, the DA ha- actually, ha- you know, in a public, in sort of the public perception or black public perception of, uh, yeah, I have not convincingly so that so that it's you know it's not that it, it is pushing out its talented black leaders. Mm. And that really is going to be a problem.
Yeah, there's this perception, and I've, I've, on my Twitter feed, it's it's quite vociferous that the DA is a a white majority party, and they're looking out for the interest of white people. They're looking out for the interest of capitalism. They they need to turn that around, and by not really changing the leadership, they're not going to do that. You know, that's the challenge, really, because, again, you know, it's like the political market, because, you know, it's a market. It's like a consumer right. or political market. The political market, you know, are, are, are very sensitive um, to um, perceptions mm. that um, it is dominated, the leadership is dominated by white and black talent are being pushed out. I mean, that's quite critical, black talent. Now, actually, the irony is that the GA is right now the most diverse political party in the country. I mean, it is the most diverse in terms of, you know, it is from, from if you take the top from below, below the top leadership, mm-hmm. uh, it sounds very diverse. Right. So, but if you take the top leadership, like, I mean, now, I mean, just after this conference, there's only one, uh, in the top leadership, one or two, I mean, uh, under correction. Uh, uh, certainly not um, equal majority and so on. And again, we don't, it's, by trying to limit, I'm not trying to make it, well, there has to be exact you know, percentages of yeah. black, white women. That's really, I don't think from a political party is that is the most important. The competence is, is, is more important. But the DA will really have to deal with the perception mm. that uh, from the you know from the market out there, from the political market out there, that it's you know it, it's not friendly towards white, sorry, black leaders and talented leaders for that matter. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, it's a quick interruption. My guest is William Gumere, mm-hmm. chairperson of Democracy Works Foundation and professor at the Witt School of Governance. We're talking about the DA's Congress that was held earlier. Uh, something that was raised to me earlier, William Gumere, was the the difference between a di- they use the words the DA used the word use the words diverse, and they're very proud of that. But there's a big difference between a diverse party and a representative party. It's all very well being diverse, and but then representation is what you're looking for um you know it's a delicate balance obviously um i i it's a delicate balance between um representation and diversity so i i actually think as south africans we have to look at representation perhaps differently Mm -hmm. than the old like traditional way as the old way as the way that we look at this let's say we have to look at it in terms of if a party actually deliver um, in a diverse way for everyone in a society, like right. governs in the widest interest, that actually presents, will bring the perfect, almost representative democracy from a dividend point of view. So, for example, one could have a party that's totally black, like the ANC, as the ANC it is now, I mean, stop leaders is sure. totally, totally, totally black, which is obviously unrepresentative. Um, and then it re- re- governs, but it doesn't govern in, even in the interest of black South Africans. So it cannot govern in the interest of a very small group of people. And it also doesn't govern in the interest of the whole of South Africa. Um, uh, uh, and so on. So, and that really has been <laughs> is a problem. So how do we get this balance? Like, it's not just obviously, as you say, the, not just a diversity in terms of leadership, um, but it's also um, a, a leadership, membership, and then a representation also mm, in mm. leadership. But it's also governing in a representative way, which maybe I suspect 
now is most probably more important than putting the numbers, the kind of the faces and getting the right colors in the leadership or okay. and so on. I think now governing in a representative way, when I say in a representative way, in a way that, you know, that is in the widest interest of everyone in the country, whatever right. your color, whatever, wherever you live. That's because that, um, that, yeah. gets, that gets raised a lot when, when the DA talk about running Cape Town. They say, well, we're representative and we're diverse and all those kind of things. But people will say that, well, just look at some of the colored and the black townships. They, they're not being well managed at all. But you're doing so well for the white people in the rich neighborhoods. And that actually is a problem. So, from a, so you know, to take your term, you, you know, from, how does a party govern in a representative right. way okay. would be also to take, you know, um, all of the you know, previously disadvantaged um, townships and suburbs, mm. that they also must be equally lifted up and people must be able to see it. Yes. And that's to be critical. All yeah. right. Let's talk about the, the big issue that, that everybody was talking about today, that uh, Julius Malema and the EFF are branded as enemy number one. Uh, I think a little bit out of context, when you watch the speech, he's mainly talking about the coalition between the ANC and the EFF. That was what he spoke about. Uh, I think he said the EFF 32 times in a speech about his own political party. Is that the DA worried that the EFF could take the, the, well, the EFF could replace the DA as, as either the leader or as the, the opposition? You know, again, I, you know, as an observer, um, you know, the DA to aim at the EFF is totally the wrong strategy where we are now. Um, what the party now, what the party needed to do, the message that needed to come out after the DA conference was the message of it can govern. Yes. Um, you know, put the focus on itself, not, of, not on the EFF or the ANC as it had done in the previous election. You know, the previous, previous election was one of the reasons why the DA struggled among the black majority um, um, was the fact that it's, you know, it's, Focus on the ANC as a governing party. Obviously, ANC is a governing party, but its you know its, its message to its to the political market was not strong enough to say, "Well, we can govern com- mm. competently for everyone in society." So, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, and so and now I think they make they may make another mistake for going to try to out compete against the EFF <laughs> rather than focus on selling themselves. As actually the mm. party that you know that is competent and ready to govern and ready to govern for everyone, it's almost like he's fallen into Julius Malema's trap by keeping on keeping on. That's the word now. Keep on mentioning him because he doesn't have to. As you say, the DA surely at any political conference, you you don't criticize the other political parties. You just say what a great job you're doing, how you're going to change the country and what you're going to give the people, as opposed to saying, uh, we've got to stop this. Uh, I I, I want to use the alliance of evil. I think you used, I don't think it was that though, but why, why even criticize other political parties as opposed to standing up and saying, this is what we can do. I mean, I'm baffled by that strategy. I'm absolutely baffled. So I don't, you know, but because at the moment, you know, the country needs hope, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. We, you, you know, um, power outages, unemployment, business closing down, ANC don't care, they're uncaring, just look after themselves. Crime is out of control. 
Um, you, you know, there's no police presence. So there's a hopelessness in the country. You know, in a hopelessness, if, when a country has a moment of hopelessness, you know, delivery cannot happen. People don't have the energy to, you know, to invest, to, you know, to do all the things that countries need to function um, because of the hopelessness. So if a par- an opposition party wants to come to power, there has to be a better a mixture also of a positive message of saying, we're ready, we've got an alternative, this is your alternative, explain it, um, you, you know, to people who feel hopeless. But if a party generally responds by attacking Mm. Not even the governing party, but another opposition party. It does feel a bit that, you know, they don't have the ideas. They want to be in power, but there's no clear ideas of what to do. You're also bringing relevance to your competition. It's, it's, I mean, even in broadcasting, <laughs> little broadcasting secret, we don't mention our opposition. They don't exist in the world. Uh, Whereas if absolutely. I went on radio every day and said, oh, you should hear what this guy's doing on this radio station, guess what people are going to do? They're going to go and want to find out. Absolutely. And, I mean, and the thing is, you, you know, um, we may actually be, uh, 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 because next year's election, it is very clear that the ANC is going to drop. And ANC is going to drop, uh, you, 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 really uh, there's a big possibility of dropping under 50%. And if the party will need a coalition to govern. Right. And if the party will have two options. You know, the first option for the ANC would be obviously the EFF, or the other option would be the DA. Now, there's, there's something else. So within the ANC membership itself, there will be a backlash against the EFF, but there will also be a backlash against the DA. Mm. So the ANC is going to have this problem of having to decide which backlash is going to be the least <laughs> worst that they have to deal with. Then there's another issue. If there's very likely that if the ANC drops below 50%, so there may be a rebellion against Suram Apoza's leadership, and people may then call for a special conference and say, well, actually, um, President Ramaphosa, you, you're the first post-1994 ANC leader that brought the party below 50%, um, you should go, and Paul Mathieu will come out. Now, 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 that may then change the dynamics. For example, I, I, I suspect Ramaphosa, if he's in charge of the ANC, say, say he survives he, uh, uh, under 50% mm. poll for the ANC, he may be more uh, keen to have, say, or consider a DA-ANC alliance and I suspect a poor Mafatila, for example, will be more open to an EFF ANC alliance. Well, will the DA go into alliance with the EF, uh, the ANC ever? I suspect, even from a DA point of view, they will most probably be keen. I, I mean, if one I look at the statements from from Stenaison in the past, mm. that they very likely would consider a partnership, a coalition um, um, between the ANC. Uh, and the DA. I mean, for example, I mean, like because we're in such a big crisis, I think for, there are two options. I think what a grown-up opposition party opposition party should do in the country right now. You know, at this moment, in this where we are really in a moment of hopelessness and and and, and despair in the country, possibly to try to create a coalition before the elections. Um, I mean, that may be one option. So, so mm-hmm. to organize a coalition already, so not wait until the election. Yeah. So possibly in many countries, and I just did a study, uh, and, and more recently in the Gambia, uh, for example, a smaller country, but it's still some lessons mm-hmm. fast. Um, what happened there is, you know, they had a, a party that kind of uncaring, corrupt, uh, 
um, the opposition parties just could not get their party out of power. So what they did was is that the opposition parties actually got together and then they decided right. on a neutral leader to head oh, wow. the opposition, like somebody who's never been in politics mm. before and who has sort of credibility across the country. And any idea what they did was they said, okay, well, if the governing party is out, then um, sort of after a two-year period, what will then happen is that person will then resign and they will call for new elections and then, mm. you know, the opposition parties will then kind of govern and so on. So that's okay. possibly one option for the opposition yeah. parties to look at. All right, William, uh, don't go away. We're going to take some voice notes after a quick <laughs> okay. break. We, we've got plenty to talk about. William Gumeri is Chief Person of Democracy Works Foundation and the professor at, or a professor at the Witt School of Governance. We're going to take some of your voice notes after this. Evening, John. We welcome you, John, uh, to this uh, to this new show. Yeah, we welcome you. As for me, John, I don't know anything about politics, but what I've heard during the weekend was just that uh, DA was promoting EFF, 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 and nothing else. It was just about EFF and the ANC, EFF and the ANC. Thank you, John. Welcome, John. Hi, hi, John. It's very fun that those people who were making jokes about Zuma and Malema's education are saying now education is not that important. Why South Africa? Because uh, Stan Hazen is with Matrix. There are no longer movies that are made. There are no longer uh, columns that are written about the importance of education. How oh, Dr. Mpopalazi does not have an experience. To run a city for a few years doesn't mean that you've got an experience. We mean experience. We mean experience in politics and experience in running a city. Stan Hazen has been in the city of Tequini. He's been in the, in, in the provincial government. So he's far bound ahead of her. And the fact that she campaigned using a doctor is the one of her downfall. I think she angered many people. Even if it was myself, I wouldn't say, your papers is just papers. They say little about your experience. So there we don't want medical doctors. She can go to the hospital and prove a medical doctor with operations, not in politics. All right, let's wrap it up. William Gumede, Chairperson of Democracy Works Foundation and the Professor at Witt School of Governance. Looking at this leadership that has now been elected by the Congress, John Steenhuisen, Ivan Mayer, Helen Ziller, Dion George, J.P. Smith, Soli Malatze and Anton Bridell, amongst others. Can that group convince South Africans that they are a better decision than the ANC, the EFF, the IFP, uh, ATM and all the other parties? I mean, well, they have not a choice but to do that. Oh, I can mean, they? Uh, you know, they have no choice because now, you remember now what I have now is you know, one of the things that's going to pull them down in terms of, um, from a public point of view, they don't look representative. I mean, that's a really critical thing, that, and they have right. to have a response to that. So, you know, they can't ignore it because up to now, um, there's, you, you know, the party leadership actually has either ignored it or either dismissed it as not important. Right. While actually it is important yes. among the, you know, among the voting public, it's it's an important issue. Um, so 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 rather actually confront it, deal with it, find ways to deal with it, and that's going to be um, quite critical. 
um, the message. And the secondly is, you know, so they really have to show what the party can do in government and like uh, stop the negativity, you know, mm. uh, focusing on the ANC or focusing um, on, on the EFF and actually give a message and, and deal with, a, you know, the, the critical issues that people are worried about. I'll just give you one example. Um, you know, the big thing about social grants and, and the issue about where, you know, um, some people do think, well, social grants because of the ANC. They don't think it is because of yes. the government. Yeah. So it could be any government and so on. And then there's a perception, perhaps, that, well, maybe the DA do not agree with social grants. And if there's a DA there, it will be taken. So, you know, so those type of things, perceptions in the public mind, the DA has to respond with it to those things credibly, absolutely credibly, because those are the things that people would want to know. And maybe like a second thing in terms of, I mean, a big debate on black economic empowerment. We know mm. um, so far it has been abused by government, you know, leaders. It's become just um, a, for, a contracts for towels and, 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 and so on. Yes, but, but the DA must still show what, what is their type of empowerment. And it, and, it, and it must look credible. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the other big political parties. First of all, they would have been in stadiums and not in an indoor arena. And they, they would have been making promises and making examples of what they're going to be doing over the next two years, or the, over the next 10 years, how to solve the electricity crisis, how to solve the tax crisis, all of those, the, 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 the fuel. They would have made all these promises that didn't seem to come out this weekend. That, and that really is, so, so for me, I mean, it's the message that come out of this critical conference, because that is a very critical conference for the DA. Yes. The leaders have changed. Second is a year, just under a year before a national election. And the ANC is on its knees. The EFF is, seems resurgent. What then becomes a party conference message to the public? So mm. what, we, what we should have gotten out of the DA, out of this conference in the public, is how it would respond to the power crisis, for example. Yeah, just one thing. You know, we should have, we should have, that should have been at the top of the agenda to say, this is what we're going to do. All right. Um, you, you, you know, loudly, clearly, in simple language so that everyone can understand. William Gumeri, thank you very much for your input on that chairperson of Democracy Works Foundation and a professor at the Wits School of Governance.